Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, I Do Podcast listeners? Chase here. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Today, 
was a really amazing conversation with Julie Manano. And I found Julie through her Instagram feed, which there'll be a link in the show notes and on the website. Definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. She breaks down relationship quotes and relationship tools in these amazing little, I won't call them memes, but just like infographics that I find personally very valuable. And that's why I wanted to have her on to talk about what she's putting out. And she's clearly very passionate about it. And she tends to focus on attachment styles. And that's what her and I talk about today. I have, I have to say like four pages of notes. Usually I'm, I'm at about two pages of notes. I got four. I was just scribbling nonstop. I really, really love today's conversation where we dive into attachment styles and how they affect our relationships and how to use the knowledge of attachment styles to resolve conflict and create more connection. And Julie is a marriage and family therapist, licensed clinical professional counselor, speaker, and the author of Secure Love, Relationship Healing Skills and Scripts. And you were just going to love this show. I was super energized after talking with Julie. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I'm just so thankful to be able to have people like Julie on and have interesting discussions and be able to share it with you. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Julie. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. I found your Instagram feed and absolutely fell in love with it, as I told you in the pre-show. And I just think it's so great how you break things down into these really cute infographics. And it's got a lot of really valuable information. Of course, we're going to link to that Instagram feed in the show notes and on the website. And you talk a lot about attachment styles. So I was thinking we could start with talking about attachment styles, how they affect relationships, and we'll go from there. So what made you want to focus on attachment styles in your practice, or at least on your Instagram feed? It seems like that's a big focus. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that um, the idea of of attachment in relationships can be very having knowledge about, you know, your, your attachment style and your partner's attachment style can be very containing. It can help you understand yourself. It can help you understand your partner. Um, so when I'm working with a couple, my goal is three things. My goal is one to, to, um, at the end of the day, the, the goal would be to create um, higher levels of emotional connection and intimacy and the ability to kind of navigate life together, you know, solve problems, make decisions. And so I go backward from there and backward from that would be, you know, health, learning healthy communication skills and learning ways to emo- emotionally support each other so that bond is there. And if we look at that all through an attachment lens, then we're understanding, you know, what is emotional support? Well, emotional support is basically feeling uh, like your attachment needs are met, which is, I feel valued, I feel understood, I feel validated, I feel appreciated. And so I'm just, you know, kind of helping couples 
learn to communicate in ways that they're always sending those messages, no matter what they're saying. If it's, you know, um, I need for you to keep the bathroom cleaner and the response is, okay, so, you know, obviously you're, you're needing the bathroom cleaner and I hear you and, and here's how I'm going to handle that, right? And that might not exactly be, okay, yes, I'll keep the bathroom cleaner. Uh, I don't know if I'm giving the perfect example here, but however the couple navigates that, the responsiveness, is, which is I'm willing to hear you, uh, is a met attachment need. Meaning, I hear you. I can. I want to understand your perspective. Absolutely, and it's so important. I've just had this revelation for myself in the last couple months, and I always knew my attachment style was important to understand, but I didn't understand just how much it was affecting me personally and in. Mm-hmm relationships. And I've taken the quiz in the past, you know, there's online quizzes you can take, which is important to understand your attachment style. And I realize I'm anxiously attached. And the more I paid attention to it, the more I realized how much it can negatively affect me day to day. And now I'm, I'm super excited about this revelation because it's like, if I can better understand myself, better share this information with my partner, I'm going to have a better life. So selfishly, (laughs) I'm going to start with having you maybe talk a little bit about anxious attachment style, what it means to a person, how they can understand it, and the important things to communicate to their partner. Sure. So um, so to kind of take that uh, back to, you know, how I was saying, we're, we're looking for a way that couples can communicate with each other, um, in a attachment, healthy way and in an emotionally safe way. Um, so understanding the attachment styles is, is an efficient way to understand what a person's blocks are going to be to creating emotional safety and, and to giving and receiving emotional support. And so um, anxious partners, what happens is they grew up in environments where their uh, reaches to their caregivers as far as for emotional support or for help or just connection, right? Um, just hugs and cuddlings, you know, like children like, and they were unpredictably responded to. So sometimes they got a response and sometimes they didn't. So what they had to do is they had to develop these strategies to get responded to. And um, a lot of times that meant, you know, protesting, crying, uh, getting big, sometimes becoming critical, sometimes being angry. And what they learned is that sometimes that would get a response and some response is better than no response. And so then uh, they take those strategies into the relationship uh, later and in adult relationships. And what happens is, is that because these children, later adults, never experienced healthy responsiveness from a a loved one, they don't know what to look for. So they often just kind of fall into relationships with other people who don't know how to be responsive uh, because they don't know what else, they they just don't know, you know, what else, they don't have the felt experience of being responded to, even though they have the felt experience of the pain of not being responded to. So it's kind of this, you know, mystery in their mind. And that's why 
it can be really helpful to understand your attachment style because you you can understand, you know, why you feel the way you do, right? Now that you've laid a primer for anxious attachment and in kind of the background, what would be some important things? I'll just say for myself, Mm because I'm anxiously attached or any of our listeners who are either themselves or their partner is, what would be important things that I understand and that I can communicate with my partner about? And obviously that also depends on my partner's attachment style too. Right, right. Because usually you have, um, most couples are going to fit into an anxious avoidant dynamic, meaning that uh, the anxious partner is going to be reaching for connection and support uh, with a lot of protest and sometimes a lot of criticism um, and sometimes getting big. And then the avoidant partner isn't, you know, they don't know how to be emotionally supportive and they are going to respond in ways that are pulling away instead of coming toward. And it's, it's a co-creation. It's not one, you know, except for extreme circumstances, it's not one being kind of worse than the other. Um, and so what I'm looking for for anxious partners is um, is for them to learn how to reach for their partner in ways that are going to be more likely for them to, to be responded to in a healthy way um, and to kind of create an environment of safety on their end, which is a lot. I, I talk a lot on my Instagram about, you know, speaking from a place of self, meaning instead of you don't love me, you don't care about me, you do this, you do that. It's I'm needing this. I'm needing to feel closer to you. I'm needing to to know more about, you know, what's going on inside of you emotionally. Now, the problem with that is that no matter how well perfectly that those requests and reaches are made, we also need and you know the avoidant partner to know how to respond in a healthy way. And over time, we want both partners reaching equally and both partners responding equally too. Um, the goal isn't isn't really, and this is a misconception. Misconception. The goal isn't um, for the avoidant to learn how to accommodate the anxious partner and vice versa. The goal is for each partner to become secure. And some of that is self-work and some of that is um, relationship work. So relationship work towards security will facilitate individual security and individual working towards a secure attachment will facilitate that in the relationship. So to to really answer your question for, for the anxious attached individual, they really need to get in touch with their own needs. They, they really need to get in touch with moments where maybe their needs are being met, but they don't realize it because they're so used to kind of filtering for the negative. Um, a lot of times anxious children had to, they, they could never relax because they never knew, even if they were being connected to in a moment, they never knew it would last. They never knew they would receive it again. So they could never really settle into uh, the good that they were getting. And so a lot of times uh, anxious partners have, have a hard time taking in any good. And then that leaves their avoidant partners, you know, avoidant partners thrive on feeling successful in the relationship. So when they're over there scrambling to get it right and nothing seems to land, even when they do it well, then they start to feel demoralized and then they start to pull away more. 
So does that answer your question? Yes. And that's super valuable. So on your Instagram feed, you have like examples of dialogue and conversation between, Mm -hmm. let's say, an anxious and an avoidant. And I think it's so valuable to have those examples. So can you maybe give an example of an anxious partner, how they can ask their avoidant partner for support and how the avoidant partner Mm -hmm. can respond? Okay. So first of all, I like to really speak less globally. Um, And a lot of times anxious partners are saying, I need more support. I need more support. And that's kind of vague. So the first thing is to be more specific in moments. Um, in, In moments, it would look like, you know, right now, I'm just really needing some connection. Like, would you be willing to help me with that? Would you be willing to just sit on the couch with me and and cuddle for five minutes or, or, you know, 30 minutes, or would you be willing to hear me talk about my day? And what we're really talking about is the concept of reach and response, right? And so we want that anxious partner to be able to reach in moments with, with a real, you know, not specific as in a rigid kind of way, but, but really, you know, being pretty explicit about what my need is in this moment. And, on the other side of that, though, you know, if avoidant, if we're not working with the avoidant partner, they might not really know how to respond to that. So it's it's definitely going to be easier for them if you give them something explicit, like, hey, can we cuddle for five minutes? Um, but sometimes you have to work with the avoidant partner on how to respond. And so let's say, um, you know, the the anxious partner says, well, I you you never support me or you're you're never supportive then the avoid a healthy response from the avoidant partner might be, you know, okay, let's let's slow down for a minute here. Help me understand, you know, what 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 you're saying to me. Help me under can you can you help me with a moment, you know, where you didn't feel where you didn't feel supported? Uh, kind of trying to narrow it down to something kind of specific. Um, like I said, responding with curiosity. Um, and the opposite of that would be being defensive and saying, that's not true. You know, I, I supported you. Remember this day when we went to dinner and remember when I did that. And, um, that's, that's taking a defensive stance, a protective stance, and that's pulling away instead of moving toward. So both, both situations that I just described where the anxious partner is, is more explicit about what they're needing and the avoidant partner you know, can show up with curiosity and, um, and also sometimes they, the, the avoidant partner might need to say like, look, I'm, I want to help you with this, but I, I really, you know, when I hear you coming at me with this energy and this, this critical energy, it, it just kind of pushes me away. So can we try to kind of word this in a different way? Um, and, uh, gosh, I'm probably getting a little too far off track here, but a lot of times anxious partners have a really hard time being specific and explicit about what their needs are because they associate their own needs with being too much. And they think, well, if I have to tell them, that means that, you know, I'm too much for them, or that means they're not anticipating my needs. And I want them to be able to figure out what I need. Uh, because then I don't have to face my own fears of, of asking for too much. So if I have to ask for it, it doesn't mean as much. And so I, I really need to kind of reverse that core belief. 
uh, for the anxious partner. I really need to get anxious partners comfortable with being really specific because remember, the anxious partner is asking someone who as a child was primed to stuff their emotions away because what happens with, with avoidant children is they're not getting responded to under, unpredictably when they're reaching for connection. They're not getting responded to at all. So they just learn, well, don't bother. Don't bother having feelings because, um, and, and, and they might be being cared for in all sorts of ways. They might be, you know, a lot of times parents of both anxious and avoidant children are are doing a lot of things right. You know, they're taking care of the physical needs and the educational needs, but there's just not that emotion, that emotional responsiveness. And so avoidant children, their brain literally learns to just disconnect from their emotions. So it's very hard for them to anticipate emotional needs of another person when they have no clue what their own emotional needs are. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. 
Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. There's just so much in this. I I love it because I identify so much with the things that you use to describe anxious attachment, how that shows up in relationship. And Mm -hmm. it's so valuable with these scripts and, and understanding ourselves to bring to our partner. Can you tell us sometimes are individuals anxious avoidant, like a combination of the two? Yes, that I really, um, you know, I, my personal belief is that there's there's a spectrum uh, where someone might be more anxious or more avoidant. And most people, I, I think, are going to be more on one side or the other. Now, that can become more convoluted when you have very different, as children, you have very different relationships with different um, uh, important caregivers or important figures in your life. You might develop certain strategies with one caretaker and certain strategies with another. But regardless of that, what happens is, is, is two people that have an insecure attachment at all, right? No matter what kind, how we label it, when they get into the relationship, they're going to develop an anxious avoidant dynamic. Somehow it's going to develop. Um, Sometimes it takes a really trained, well-trained eye to see who's playing the part of the avoidant and who's playing the part of the anxious partner here. But with that said, most people are going to be pretty consistent from relationship to to relationship. If you're an anxious partner in this relationship, probably you're going to show up as the anxious partner in the next one. Um, I really think there's more of a difference between people who are secure and insecure. Sometimes I wish that we didn't even label the insecure. We didn't even categorize anxious and avoidant and the insecure because I think people get so hung up on labeling themselves. And I think sometimes it can be more helpful just to know, hey, I have an insecure attachment period, right? And then there's also a difference between an organized attachment and a disorganized attachment. And anxious and avoidant are actually organized attachment styles. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but people who have an avoidant or an anxious style, they have strategies that can work. 
their second best strategies, but they have strategies. People who are disorganized, they don't have a set of strategies. They're kind of all over the place. So when they were when they were growing up, they were growing up in a lot of chaos. They were growing up with really no hope for for any responsiveness um, ever. You know, their parents a lot of times were had unresolved trauma, um, lots of chaos in the home. Lots of, a lot of times there's a lot of socioeconomic stress that might take the parents out of the home a lot of the time. And so, um, so yeah, um, I do, I do think that there, that people can, you know, vary, uh, especially if you take these quizzes and things like that. So, um, I think the way I look at it is how are you showing up in your relationship in, in a given relationship and how can we change that within the context of this given relationship. And, and it's so complicated because you can, you know, people can show up differently at work than they do at home. And, um, but again, what I think is most, most people are pretty consistent. You gave us some great tools to ask for what we need in the moments. I think Mm -hmm. that's really important. Mm -hmm. And I just want to speak to people that are relating as insecurely attached because the securely attached people out there, I, I love you guys, but you got it kind of easy <laughs> in in a sense, right? <laughs> like, right. Like there's they not, do. we don't need a yeah. podcast dedicated to them. No offense, but we're going to talk about the, the insecurely attached. And I would put myself in that category. So for me, that's super helpful to think about the moments and how I can be specific in, in my needs. What are some Mm -hmm. other ways to navigate a relationship? And let's say with another insecurely attached partner with, you know, besides just asking what we need in the moments, and then maybe can you address sometimes if we ask too much, you know, maybe we're being too needy. How do we draw that line? I really want to distill this down to the ability to be emotionally supportive. Right. And so in any given moment, when one partner is reaching, what they're saying is, I, I need to feel emotionally supported right now. And usually, if that partner is able to get what they need from the other partner, the other partner knows how to show up with emotional support. Usually they won't be too needy because they'll be getting what they're, they'll be getting their needs met. So I guess what I'm trying to say is people who appear needy, they're just not getting their needs met. And so they're like a bottomless pit because it's like watering a plant with gasoline, right? Like you can water a plant with gasoline all you want, but the plant isn't going to thrive. So once we can start get in there and start helping, um, let's just say the avoidant partner meet the anxious partner's emotional needs in a way that actually land. And we also get the anxious partner able to take it in, that's a big piece there too, then the neediness just extincts itself. And I go and and that's the same as on in the reverse. It's just avoidant partners, they they don't know that they actually have emotional needs. You know, they're not going to show up as needy, but they're also going to feel a lot better just in in their skin and in their world when they start discovering, oh my gosh, I actually do have these emotional needs and it feels really good to have them be met. How can we be more supportive to those emotional needs? Okay, so 
so that that's where we we need an emotional support toolbox, right? And that's I talk about a lot about emotional support skills on my Instagram, which is my my favorite emotional support skill, and I think the most effective one is just emotional validation. Um, and that, and then we have you know re- reflection, being able to reflect what the, what the person is saying to us instead of immediately going into our own our own experience, our own perspective, um, couples taking turns, really expressing themselves and the other partner reflecting that and being curious about that. And then switch, you know, then going back instead of kind of those arguments where you get stuck going, well, I didn't get this. Well, I didn't get that. Well, I felt this way. Well, you did that to me too. Um, curiosity is an emotional support skill. Um, just, you know, active listening is an emotional support skill, uh, responsiveness as far as, okay, I hear you that the, you know, the bathroom isn't, you know, I leave my towel on the ground. Let, how can we remedy this? Like talk, you know, problem solving together, showing that you care about the actual logistical request and how can we kind of work this out in a way that works for both of us. Um, and a lot of what gets in the way of that is the couple isn't talking about it with emotional safety. Um, emotional presence is an emotional support skill, emotional attunement. Uh, if you want, I can kind of give you some examples of all of these skills. Yes, please. Um, okay. So emotional validation is, so, so I'll give you the, an opposite of that, which would be, oh my gosh, I had, I had the worst day at work. It was just horrible. Well, what do you mean? Well, what happened? Well, why did you say that to him? Well, what were you thinking? I don't think you, I don't even think you need to be talking to him. He's toxic. You know, it's just, you're not really, it's, it's a problem solving mode. Um, sometimes it's almost more of a leaving that person's emotional experience instead of staying with them. And, and then, so an example of the, of a validating response would be, wow. Okay. That's awful. Wow. I can't, I'm so sorry that, that, that you heard that your, your boss said that to, to you. I am so sorry. That must've been horrible to hear that. Tell me more. Okay. Well, I can tell you right now that that would really hurt my feelings to have to hear something like that. And that's just going to calm that person's nervous system because they're feeling heard. They're feeling understood. They're feeling made sense of, and once that nervous system is calm, then we might try to go into, you know, I'll, here, are you open to hearing some of my kind of problem solving thoughts on this? And if that, if the person is feeling generally safe and calm, yeah, well, okay, here's my concern. I'm wondering if maybe it would be helpful if you dot, dot, dot. So does, are you following me here? We're not talking about couples never giving each other advice. We're just talking about validating the feelings before we go forward. Yes. And as you're saying this, I'm obviously filtering this through my Mm -hmm. experiences and it just feels warm and good inside to like Mm -hmm. picture that kind of response. Can you, can you tell me why that is so important and what the underpinnings of that is? Yes, because humans, you know, more than anything, you know, we need we need food, we need shelter, we need to be seen. We need to be seen as wor- as individuals who are worthy of connection and care and love 
And we need to know that someone else can take interest in us and joy in us. And it, it's part of our feeling of being safe in the world, really. I mean, we need to, um, you know, primitive ancient humans needed to be safe in their tribe to feel safe in the world. I mean, we can't, we, we couldn't survive in the wild by ourselves. You know, it just, it wouldn't work. We, we need each other to build shelter. We need each other to, you know, fight off dangerous animals and hunt food. And so it, it just, it, the, the, the emotional safety is, is almost like a guarantee that I'm worthy and I belong. And everybody's looking for that. And we just have, we have so little of that in our culture and our world today. And it's just killing us. You know, everybody is fighting so hard to be seen and to matter. And everybody is fighting for it in a very different way. But everybody's, you know, fighting for the same thing. And so my goal here is let's get these, let's get these relationships healed. So people are getting these needs met at home. And then when they go out into the world, and the world's a hard, harsh, rough place sometimes, even in the best of circumstances. But I really want people to be able to go home and have a warm, safe, uh, emotional environment. And that's going to create resilience um, all over the place. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. 
His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Obviously, everyone wants to to feel validated and, and emotionally supported, but is it especially important for insecurely attached people? No, 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 no. It's It's important to everybody. It's just that the securely attached people are already getting it. Yeah, I, I misphrased the question. I guess that's what I was saying is like, if you're securely attached, you're kind of giving it to yourself. I'm just picturing that where the anxiety comes from. Like, I need to know that I'm emotionally supported. You have one great dialogue um, on your Instagram about how the anxious attached individual just wants to talk and talk. And it's like, do you understand? Sure. Tell me you understand and this and that. Like that anxiousness is something I really want to work on. And so I guess I don't have a specific question other than it feels more important for me to move through the world unanxiously working towards being securely attached, but to have that validation mm -hmm. versus, you know, a, a securely attached person. Well, I think I, I'm going to try to answer that and you can help me if I'm not if I'm not getting you, um, but securely attached people, they, they just, they know they have a felt sense of being emotionally supported, what that feels like to them. And they have a felt sense of how to be emotionally supportive to others because they had that in their childhood. They had parents who were good enough at providing emotional support. So they're just naturally drawn to people who can be supportive to them. And they are also able to be supportive back. And so by default, they find themselves in emotionally supportive relationships because that's just what they're attracted to. Um, and how does a secure person look outside of a relationship? Well, first of all, secure people typically have a handful of supportive relationships in their life. So even if it's not a romantic one, um, but that it's, it's also a felt sense of being able to validate yourself. Like, like, okay, I am having this feeling and a lot of times um, people who are anxious, they're constantly questioning their, their own experience. It's like, well, am I at fault? Well, is, is it really okay for me to be mad? You know, and secure, securely attached people, they just, they trust their own experience more. Um, they're able to tolerate more of a range of emotion without being coming dysregulated. Um, a lot of times, those with anxious attachments, they get really overwhelmed with their with their negative emotions because they never had anybody there comforting them. So it's one thing to experience negative emotions. It's another thing to not have anybody there with you, to, to have to go through them alone. 
And when you're going through them alone as a small child, they're extremely overwhelming. And so then anxious individuals learn to, to associate negative emotions with alone and overwhelmed or, or being punished or shamed too. We have any, any kind of negative feedback or no feedback. And so, um, so uh, that leads to, to dysregula- dysregulation when they start to experience negative emotions. And so secure people, they just have this ability to self-soothe because that's, that's what they learned. They learned, okay, negative emotions are painful, but I, I'm going to be okay. I, I need to sit here and cry, but I'm not, you know, I don't have to be terrified of how I'm feeling right now. Um, that's, that's a way that a, a secure attachment would look as a compared to an anxious attached person on an individual level. And then when we go over to an avoidant, the secure, the, the insecure version would be just not knowing what their feelings are at all. Just not really being able to understand, you know, uh, they're sad or understand um, they're they're scared or they're anxious or or they're angry. Uh, they might they might you know a lot of times avoidance will, will will notice anger. You know that might be something that they're they're pretty in touch with. A lot of times they're they view anger as shaming, so they might just kind of completely stuff that away out of awareness. Um, but you're going to see those emotions with avoidance come out somehow. They're going to maybe be passive aggressive that they might blow up at little things like don't respond, don't respond, don't respond, and then blow up. They might um, have health problems, high blood pressure, heart problems, um, any kind of health problem that we would associate with kind of stuffing that emotional energy down. Um does that help? Am I, yes, am I yes. It's you? so valuable. Okay. And sorry, I am a bit all over the place in a sense because no, me too. <laughs> there's so much to to cover in so many different angles. But I think we've covered a lot and given our audience and myself a great foundation to start thinking about these things. And I really encourage people to dive into this because it can really help you understand yourself better and your relationships and improve your relationships. So Julie, before we wrap up, can you tell me and tell our audience members wondering out there how we can think about moving towards a secure attachment if we identify as insecurely attached? Okay. So um, if you're, if you're in a relationship, um, I want to, I want to see two people who are able to communicate outside of a negative cycle. And so what a negative cycle is, is one person brings up a concern or, or somehow somebody gets triggered and then the communication turns into blame, defensiveness, stonewalling, criticism, uh, name calling, uh, shutting down completely counterattack. That's, I mean, I'm sure every single one of us can relate to that. And so I, I think the first thing is to learn healthy communication skills so we're not going there. And again, that kind of goes back to those, you know, emotional support skills where we're able to hear each other, we're able to be curious, we're able to validate and get into that place of emotional safety so that when we then can talk about whatever it is that we're trying to work out, you know, uh, where are we going to go for dinner? What what house are we going to buy? You know, any um, how are we going to manage, you know, spending more time together? You know, what can we do here? Um, and then a lot of that requires the ability to self-regulate, right? Because 
the ultimate goal is for couples to be able to, uh, partners to be able to co-regulate each other, meaning that one partner, ideally both partners, but in any given situation, at least one partner can, can regulate their nervous system and go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe here. I'm going to get myself into, you know, however I need to do it. I'm going to get myself into a calmer zone and I'm going to show up in, in a healthy way here. I'm going to show up in a safe way. And just by doing that, that can co-regulate the other partner. That can help the other partner's nervous system go down. And this is how, it, you know, this is how it works with mothers and babies is the mother's nervous system can co-regulate the baby's nervous system. And that's how babies learn to self-regulate as they first get co-regulated. So we can learn to become self-regulated with co-regulation. Um, but it also, you know, it, self-regulation is also a big piece of that because when you have two escalated individuals, um, we've got, we've got to get those nervous systems in the place of regulation. Otherwise they're not in a place of safety and none of the, none of these things are going to work. Um, and so, yeah, so I would say learning how to self-regulate, um, learning how to, you know, a lot of people who have insecure attachments, they have these really negative core beliefs about themselves um, for avoidance that a lot of times is, you know, if I mess up, that means I'm a failure. Uh, it means showing emotions is weak. Uh, for anxious partners, it's if I ask for what I need, I'm going to be too much. It's not possible for someone to love me, so I'm going to be abandoned no matter what. So I've got to stay in a state of hypervigilance. So working on those negative core beliefs, uh, recognizing them as they show up, which I know is a lot harder than it sounds, but um, these core beliefs are, are a major contributor to uh, the meanings that they're making of, of events. Um, Another thing is is really stepping outside of your own internal experience in a triggering moment and being able to say, okay, you know, stepping stepping away from it and go, what's going on inside of me? What am I hearing right now that, you know, when my partner, it looks like my partner is is glaring at me. You know, what am I hearing? Okay, what I'm hearing is the meaning I'm making of that glare is they're mad at me. Well, what if what if that's not true? What if there's something else going on? What might be going on for them? You know, it's just kind of stepping out, being curious about self, being curious about other. That can be really self-regulating. I'm just scribbling so many notes because this is so valuable. And I think you've done a great job of setting a foundation for this wide ranging topic and an important one and one that I'm very excited to continue to dive into. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this information. Before we wrap up, Julie, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and if there's anything you want to leave them with and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. So I have uh, my, I'm really predominantly only on Instagram and Facebook. And that would be the secure or at the secure relationship um, on Instagram. I think it's the same name. On, I mean, I know it's the same name on Facebook. I just don't remember if Facebook has the at symbol, but um, it, that's pretty much where you're going to find me. I do have a book coming out that I'm, I've just, everything I've just said and, and everything on my account is just, it's organized into a linear, linear, I, I've compiled it all, organized it and made it linear. So it's, it's kind of like a, 
a step-by-step process that I do with my own, the couples that I see in my practice. And it's kind of, you know, it's, it's there to help couples who have access to therapy, but it's also really, I, I wrote it because so many couples just don't have access to therapy and they don't have access to this kind of therapy. Uh, so I do have that. It's, it's not, it's still in pre-order. Um, but yeah, so, and I, I also have a resources highlight on my Instagram where you can find outside information books, particularly the book, Hold Me Tight by Sue Johnson. That's great. Um, to help you, you know, just to help you with these kinds of things. Excellent. And when is your book out and available? Uh, pro- probably early winter. Excellent. Early, yeah. Well, I early will winter. certainly be looking for it and we'll link to all of the resources in the show notes and on the website. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, Julie. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.